What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 102 of the All Punked Up podcast. I'm Tyler Winters. John Pierman is here. And John, it's the first episode of 2023. I seriously cannot believe that it's 2023. This week, we're going to discuss the Foo Fighters' recent announcement, an awesome achievement from Metallica, Mm -hmm. an even greater achievement for arguably the biggest artist of our lifetime, Uh, We're also finally going to put an end to the age-old debate over which music fans are more likely to have sex in trucks, John. Like, I know you've been wondering this for a long time. We finally have an answer. Uh, And it's not gospel. And it's not gospel. No, it's not. Uh, I know a lot of you listeners out there were just yelling at at the radio or at your phones saying, it's gospel. It's gospel fans. But it's Mm -hmm. not. So stick around and find out. But finally, we're going to clue everyone in on the most recent tease from Fallout Boy. And I think there's a hint of the type of sound or direction of sound that they may be heading in. And then we'll round it out with a rumored release date for Blink-182's upcoming album. We're either going to accept this rumor or we're going to shut it down. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to say I lost my virginity in an S10 at a Jars of Clay concert, so... Um, I don't know if that was put into the numbers or not. Um, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. And hold on, hold on. Now, how do I get that back? So we are using a new way to record these podcast episodes remotely. It's really inside baseball kind of stuff. You know, yeah, we can't tell you about it. We we can't, but, um, John, say that S 10 truck story again, real quick. Oh, uh, well, I actually lost my virginity in an S10 at a Jars of Clay concert. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Yeah, that's... uh... (laughs) Oh, okay. So we could have fun with those sounds, I think. None of that was true. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, If only. All right. But before we get to all that, guys... If you didn't already know and aren't already signed up, All Punked Up sends out a weekly scene newsletter filled with all of the happenings from around the scene, all of the news without any of the fluff or BS that a lot of publications throw in throughout the week. It's only the stuff that we think you should know and would want to know about. We basically look for and gather all of the scene news so you don't have to. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, sign up and give it a try. It's absolutely free. It's honestly the best and only way to stay up to date with all of the scene news and music releases for that particular week. You can sign up now at allpunkedup.com forward slash subscribe. That's allpunkedup.com forward slash subscribe. I'll leave a link in the show notes to make it easier just for you. And one more thing, if we could ask a very small favor, if you're really digging the show, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It would really help us out a ton because these podcast apps aren't really set up to help promote independent podcasts like ourselves. Currently, we can only rely on word of mouth and star reviews to reach more listeners just like you. So, and handwritten letters. Oh yeah, written handwritten letters is really big. But if you could find the time to leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would be so greatly appreciated, and we'd of course love you forever for that. So, with that out of the way, John, let's go ahead and dig into our quick hits. So a few weeks ago, I asked you if Taylor Swift is the equivalent to a modern day Beatles. And I think we both agreed at that time that she probably is based off of the whole Ticketmaster fiasco and all of the numbers that she's put up. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Well, there was some new information that came out this week that I think confirms that Taylor Swift is the biggest superstar since the Beatles. So check this out, guys. Billboard shared their annual top music money makers rankings for 2021. Now, this is 2021's results, not 2022. I'm not sure why they released these a year late, but nonetheless, they did. So this is 2021's results. So this is pre Midnight's album release uh, that had 10 songs debut on the top 10 Billboard Hot 100 chart. So get this, Taylor Swift in 2021 led the way as the top music earner by managing to pull in $65.5 million in 2021 from album sales and streaming alone. So again, that's $65 million from album sales and streaming alone. So that does not include touring revenue because she didn't tour in 2021. Dude, that's absolutely insane. Bonkers is the word I would use. And there's such a separation between her and second place. Right. I don't even have that. Those uh, Rolling Stones up. were in second. And they were what? How much did they have? 40-something? Yeah, something like that. And then I think Drake was on the list. Korean band, BTS, and who was the, the other? The Eagles and uh, what's the guy's name? The British guy. Oh, Harry Styles? Yeah, him. Okay, yeah, that's right. He was on the list. So, I mean, man, just from streaming and album sales alone, that's that's just crazy, especially nowadays, like to earn $65 million from that alone. With no touring income. No touring, because you know that's where they make the bulk of their money. Man, it's going to be crazy to see what she does what her 2022 numbers are, but then man, what's it going to be in 2023 with the, uh, with the ticket prices and whatnot. Mm. So it's going to be crazy. All right. So John, this was some good news to ring in the new year. The Foo Fighters announced that they will continue on after the death of drummer Taylor Hawkins. So they didn't announce who's like Taylor's replacement might be touring or otherwise, but I think this is great news, and I was really happy to see this. The Foo Fighters, in my opinion, are one of the greatest rock and roll bands left. There aren't many bands out there that put on a better show than them, I don't think. Plus, they still got it when it comes to writing songs. Um, they're just one of the great rock and roll bands left. Uh, mm -hmm. Would you agree with that, John? Yes, all of it, yeah. And people still want more from them. I mean, Right. I, I think a lot of people were excited to see this announcement, so... They didn't say anything about new music per se, but they definitely hinted at a tour. So here's what the closing of the statement read. It said, without Taylor, we never would have become the band that we were. And without Taylor, we know that we're going to be a different band going forward. We also know that you, the fans, meant as much to Taylor as he meant to you. And we know that when we see you again, and we will soon, he'll be there in spirit with all of us every night. So I still can't imagine how hard it's got to be for the guys to continue on without him. But this made me along with all the other Foo fans, uh, extremely excited. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see this new era of the band though. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a weird one, I think. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a different experience, but I'm interested to see who's like, are they going to have multiple different drummers joining them kind of like they did for the uh, shows that they did the tribute shows or, you know, are they going to have somebody step in permanently? Yeah, yeah I don't, I, that's, that's a tough one. I can't see anybody really stepping in permanently, at least not yet, just because Taylor Hawkins, I mean, he was, he's more than a drummer in that band, you mm -hmm. know, like him and Dave Grohl would interact on stage all the time more than any other drummer and any other bandmate i would think 
he was part of the show. He would get up and sing. So it'll be it'll be an interesting an interesting era, I think. But I am excited that the Foo Fighters are going to continue on because that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, when when all that happened. That's kind of the first place your mind goes. Like, are they done or? Right, because they very well could be, because they don't really have anything to prove. They've done it all already, you know. So good to hear. It is can't lose hear. a can't lose a band like that. No, absolutely not. Like the only other rock and roll band that I would put up there is that puts on a great live show is Green Day. I mean, I don't. Those two bands are two of the greatest I've ever seen live. And the time that we saw the Foo Fighters, John Dave Grohl was in a uh, he had his leg broken. His leg was broken and he was in a throne and it was still an exciting show. Like he Mm -hmm. still gave it his all. All right. So moving on to another great rock band, it's worth mentioning that Metallica's Enter Sandman reached 1 billion streams on Spotify this week. And that is quite the feat. But John, I don't know about you, but I wonder what took so long. I mean, this, it surprised me because it's such a classic. Everybody knows this song. Billion is a lot. It is a lot, but as old as that song is, and as Spotify has been around since 2008, 2009 or something, mm-hmm. so and there's been other songs that have reached the billion mark. That that just kind of surprises me. But well, I think uh, I think a part of it has got to be that it's on like a really well regarded album, so people listen to the the album and not necessarily yeah just to enter Sandman like some of the other songs. They you know. Yeah, I think um, you're right. I don't, um, I don't think people go to like Metallica's greatest hits and play it. They play the Black Album. Yep, and, and that's that's true. Because, and I was actually surprised to see that. I think the one that was the next closest to a billion is Nothing Else Matters, and I want to say it has like 870 million streams yeah, I mean, that's or something pretty close. like that. So I think you're right because I wouldn't have guessed that that song would have been their number two on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a huge Metallica fan by any means, so I could be way off base there. But I was surprised to see that. Now, I would expect Master of Puppets to be not far behind it. Well, you know, it's definitely climbing because of the whole uh, Stranger Things mm-hmm. appearance. But I do remember loving that Black Album as a kid. And I think I borrowed it from you when we were kids. Uh, I think I borrowed it for at least a couple months. And I fell in love with that man. So um, Yeah, I probably borrowed it from my brother. So. Probably. So thanks, Paul. Yeah. Anyways, congrats to Metallica. Just imagine how many more they would have without those Napster numbers, you know. Oh, yeah. Lars is shitting himself right now. Yeah. I wish I could do a good Lars impersonation, but I can't. You could do it. Mm-mm. He's got, it's a weird one. It is weird. It's like doing, trying to do Christopher Walken. You either can do it or you have no business trying. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> true. I can normally do impressions, but I have to, because Emily was, she's always like, you do great impressions. I'm like, I can never do them on the spot. Like, I think I nope. could do Lars. I really do think I could if I had something to say. Uh, but now that I'm, I'm being put I'm, on the spot, I know you're going like to try to give me something. I'm thinking it in my head, but I can't. I know. I, can't I, know. Come I know I could pull it off. But uh, when I'm put on the spot, I, I just can't do it. It has to just be in the moment, and then I'll I'll nail it. If I could hear his voice, I could probably mimic it okay. But yeah, uh, yeah. my impression, I always call them very limited. <laughs> I can usually just do a couple phrases. That's all you need, though. Uh, That's all you need. I did. But as uh, soon as you say you can do something like that, somebody's like, "We'll do it now." I know, right? Like, and that's no. that's why I wanted to throw out that caveat out there. I have to do no. it in the moment, and I can't be told to do it. Like, Mm-mm. I I don't feel like Barack Obama is a easy one to pull off. But there was one time, I don't know how it came up, but I was a, it was just around Emily, my wife, for everybody listening, and 
it came up and I just said something. It was like, damn it, Michelle or something like that. And I nailed it. And she was like rolling on the floor laughing. And I just, I couldn't do it again. Nope. Haven't been able to do it again. I did a perfect uh, Steven Tyler doing his like yell thing in the car with with everybody in the car once. (laughs) And then I could never do it again. Was I in the car? Yeah, I think so. Oh, nice. Oh, at least it was that Steven Tyler impression and nothing else that he's done. Oh, I don't know. What else has he done? Oh, yeah. He's been in the news for something he did in the 70s. Ah, like a 16-year-old. Of course he did. I don't know why that's... Did. I don't know why that's like such big... I, I understand why it's big news, but I don't know why it's big news now because this was known. Like, everybody mm. knew he was with a 16-year-old uh, Oh, the Rolling when. Stones were a bunch of groomers. Bastards. All those bands, really. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to dig too deep into... You're just, you're just not going to be happy with what you find. Yeah. Nope. 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 All right. Let's move on, John. Sorry. So I think we should give an update on the Fallout Boy teases. Uh, we mentioned quite a few weeks ago that Fallout Boy was teasing what at the time seemed like it would be their eighth studio album. They took out a page in the Chicago Tribune with the words FOB8 and the words, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. John, you you tried so hard to connect that with the movie Field of Dreams. Uh, unsuccessful. Yeah, very unsuccessful. But I was right about it being a record. A new album. You were. You were. Yeah. Uh, Everything else is just wildly spec- speculative. You were, you were pulling for strings big time. Yeah. That was embarrassing. But they then had a website that had beachy type vibes, and they started sending postcards out to some fans. Then they released a snippet of a song that leaned more toward rock, which I, which I like. Mm-hmm. I'm liking that direction. That's what we were rooting for. That's what we're rooting for. But this past week, they sent fans a super cryptic letter titled A Homeboy's Life. So, so it's going to be rap. <laughs> so it's definitely going to be rap. Uh, no, uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to read the statement. For one, it's too long. And for two, it doesn't make any sense at all. There are a lot of grammar mistakes and punctuation mistakes probably done on purpose. Uh, it seems as if it were written by the band's lyricist Pete Wentz because it reads like a typical Fallout Boy song, like yeah, some of the moron as well. <laughs> like wow! Punch him right in the face. Jeez! Doesn't he's just punchable? I could see that he's got a I'd punchable to, face. I'd love to beat the shit out of him. I'll be. Uh, I'd also like to say that he's going to be on the show next week. Oh sweet uh, Jesus! So. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, he's certainly not going to now. Well, he might, and he might bring that up. So he just looks. I just want to fight him. Maybe we can arrange that. That'd be no good. <laughs> uh, he's certainly not going to be able to kick above his waist with those tight jeans. That's true. That's true. You've got the advantage there. You do because you don't wear pants. Nope, I fight in uh, shorts all the time. Yeah, really. I'm. They're hugging. <laughs> they're they're up there. Full they're, range. They're high shorts. Spin kicks all day. All day, baby. All right. So in this in this cryptic letter, uh, there is one line um, that reads, we spent the last year jamming ideas in a tiny room and can't wait to share them with you. So jamming in a tiny room, John, to me, to me, jamming means everyone together playing their own instruments, mm-hmm. running ideas off each other and seeing what sticks. I think this confirms that we are getting a rock style album or a take this to your grave type of vibe. Um, what do you think? Did you read the cryptic message? Yeah, that's the impression that I get. Uh, yeah, you know, 
uh, a back to the roots kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I get. A back to your roots type stuff. But I mean, it doesn't. I, I, we don't need to another take this to your grave. But you know, no. something. No, and something and, in that neighborhood would be good. And Joe Troman even said the same thing. He said, uh, "What was that? A couple months ago, he was doing interviews for his memoir and whatnot, and he said that they had been working on rock styles or guitar-driven uh, songs, and he was talking about." kind of creating that vibe again, the take this to your grave vibe. And he said it wouldn't make sense for Fallout Boy to go back to that exact same sound because they've already done it. Mm-hmm. But maybe continue on with a you know a different guitar driven sound. I think that that's where it's going. I don't think we're gonna get Take This to Your Grave songs again. But I feel like it's gonna have I feel like we're gonna have that feeling again, like a rocking Fallout Boy. And that's that's what I'm hoping for. But there is another thing about this letter that has a lot of references to retirement in it. It mentions getting a gold watch, which is a common retirement present. And then they released a video on Instagram with the speaker in the video saying, this brings us to the end, but it never really ends. You are the adventure. You are Stardust. So a lot of people were saying that this video played I think after they're set on the Hell Omega tour, but I do wonder if it's saying even though they are ending, maybe retiring, it doesn't really mean it's the end because we are the ones that will make fallout boy live on. I don't know. Like, are we the stardust that is going to continue to carry fallout boy into the future, even though they may not be here? I don't know. John, you there? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, you just kind of, your video cut out. So, so I don't know. What do you think about the retirement stuff? The, re- the retirement references? I don't know. Maybe it's a last hurrah. Maybe that's uh, a decision that was made. Like, this is it. I think it very well could be. I mean, I would hope that it's not. But, you know, with all of the, you know, everything that Joe said, he wanted to stop using samples and that sort of stuff and kind of go back to their roots sort of thing. I wonder if there's any type of creative differences going on. Um, and again, this band's been around for over 20 years or right. Is it over 20 years? Yeah, it's over 20 years. So they've done it all. I mean, there's not, they have nothing else to prove either. So if they wanted to call it quits and do other stuff, just hang out with the family, they can do it. They've earned it. So it could very well be, I don't understand what the the retirement references would be otherwise. Like, why would you add them if, you know, you're not actually considering retirement? Could go either way. It really could. All right. So let's move on to what I know you've been waiting for and everybody listening has been waiting for. Yeah, sex. Uh, <laughs> Give me the sex. There was a study done recently that I know you were excited about and really both of us are excited about because oftentimes when we get together, John, like we've always talked about and wondered about which music fans were most likely to have sex in trucks. It's just a common topic we bring up. I mean, and I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people bring this up when they get together, especially men. Specifically Uh, in trucks. Specifically in trucks. And we want to clear this up. Not Freightliners, not Dream Wheelers. no. This is like your normal pickup trucks. Yeah. Backwoods, rolling around in the dirt. Can of Copenhagen. <laughs> Open can. Yeah. Driving no seat belt. 
Don't type. drink that can that's in the center console. That's not soda. No. But, John, someone conducted this study, and now we have an official answer. So, for the record, I always thought it was country music fans. Because, I, I mean... That's what, that's what an educated guess would have been country, yeah. Yes. The lyrics about getting down in a truck, I assume, flood all, all country songs out there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's their M.O. But come to find out, country music fans aren't the ones more likely to have sex in trucks, John. They're actually the least likely to have sex in general, I think. No. But uh, I, actually, I just made that up. But John, I know you know the answer to this question already, but what music fans would you have guessed prior to finding the real answer out? I would have guessed country, the obvious one, and then maybe like uh, heavy metal or something. Okay. So you were on the right track because the answer isn't country music fans, but the answer is metal fans. Metal fans are the most likely to have sex in trucks, and... Does this surprise you, though? I mean, you did say... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm picturing Juggalos. Oh, dirty, okay. Dirty Juggalo sex. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, see, I, I did not... Uh, that never came to mind, but it should have. Oh. It should have. Just the Fagos flowing and the <laughs> dirty Juggalo sex. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it all makes sense now. So Just here's... Sweaty. <laughs> Here's what Loudwire writes. The team at americantrucks.com, of course, analyzed two decades of Billboard Hot 100 hits for truck-related mentions, and Mm -hmm. they asked 1,000-plus truck owners about their musical preferences and behaviors. They discovered that 6% of Hot 100 charting songs since 2000 contain truck-related terms, with country music being the most likely to include those terms. Yet, when participants were asked, it was classic rock, metal, alternative, and blues that were the most popular music genres among truck drivers. And 40% of the surveyed truck owners said they'd had sexual encounters in their vehicles, and their listening preferences included metal, blues, and rock. John, I'd be lying if I uh, said I wasn't shocked. I really thought country music fans would have been the ones, but I guess I guess they're all talk, man. Mm-mm. I do wonder why this uh, study was even done. Yeah, that's kind of creepy study. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but maybe it was done for people like you and I. I don't know. You think you're just going to talk about your truck? You're talking to somebody from trucks.com? <laughs> trucks.com. <laughs> Oh, but they're really, yeah, they're... You just want, why are you taking a blacklight to my truck right now? <laughs> get out of here. I just don't know what we're going to talk about anymore when we get together. I know, now that this is solved. <laughs> oh, man. What do you listen to while you're making cummies in your truck? <laughs> making cummies. <laughs> uh Okay, John, let's round this episode out with a Blink-182 rumor. Everyone is excited for Blink-182's first album with Tom DeLonge since 2011's Neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom has come out and said the upcoming album is the best the band has ever written. He's super stoked about it. And at this time, we're all just waiting waiting for a release date for this album to be announced. But one Redditor this week had a hunch as to when the album would be released after visiting the band's merch store. Or maybe he heard it from a friend or something like that. But either way, someone, I guess, ordered a vinyl 
of the upcoming album, and they received an email stating the album would be shipped in August. So this got the Redditor to believe that the album itself would be released in August. However, other Redditors were were quick to point out that vinyl typically ships after the fact, so sometimes well after an album's already been released. So, And sometimes it's just you know within a few weeks, too. So. Right. Um, exactly. I will say uh, Wilco is a band that I follow pretty closely. They released an album in the summer, and the vinyl's not coming out until a few weeks. So, I mean, that's like a six-month gap from when they released it for streaming. Okay. Okay. So it does exist that, you know, bands wait, you know, five and six months before they um, press the record. Um, and also there's, there's been a lot of delays at pressing plants and things. Like exactly. That. So that's a factor as well. Just right. Just because of the, the demand for records is so much greater than it has been, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Unless your name is Adele or Taylor Swift, you're not going to be able to get vinyl for a while, I think. Mm-hmm. But this kind of this August release date, I, I mean, I'm going to shut down the rumor um, because I feel like the album has to drop sometime, not vinyl. I'm just talking the album itself will drop sometime in early March at the latest because they start touring on March 11th. I think they I think they're hitting Mexico in March or sometime in March. So they'll want the the album to be out for a couple of weeks, I would think, so people could get excited and maybe know the words, they, they're the lyrics, so they can sing along at concerts and whatnot. And then they have something to promote. You know, you don't, you don't want to go on tour before the album's released. I don't think that makes any sense. Well, I mean, the tickets are sold, so... Yes. If they wanted to wait a few weeks before they released, I mean, they're really good. It's not... I mean, the tickets are beyond sold so it's yeah that's true but I, I still feel like before they go on tour i'm sure they're going to try to make some tv appearances so they're not what are they going to do play damn it and the rock show and no they're gonna they're gonna play well i guess they have edging that they could play but they're they're gonna want to play the next new single they won't have to play edging because edging's already been number one for nine weeks now i think mm-hmm. so hopefully they'll have a new song come out soon um, I would expect to see a new song in the next couple of weeks, if I was to guess. Yeah, that that would it's be my guess too. But at the same time, you know, if Edging's doing so well, they might they might wait till Edging drops from the number one spot, or maybe drops out of the top ten or something like that. Uh, just let let Edging ride, you know. But keep edging, um, keep edging. But I guess people on Instagram have been. DMing Aaron Rubin, who is helping produce this album, and they've been asking him questions about the upcoming album. And apparently, he said the album was due to be completed and submitted to the label by the end of January. So, if that's the case, which I'm sure it is, then I'd say late February makes the most sense for the album to drop. And I'm going to predict because it's a Friday, uh, I'm going to predict it's going to be February 24th that the album drops. I have no insider information on this. Um, just going to guess. You want to take I'm going to go the following week, uh, so March 3rd. March 3rd. Okay. I, I do think it's got to be early March or it's got to be late February because you're, you're, they're going to release... What, it, what is it right now? It's January 5th at the time of this recording. They have to release another single, but maybe two singles before the album drops. So, And my theory is they're going to be on SNL. They should go on SNL because mm-hmm. one SNL needs some freaking help. They're losing everybody, but I also think they need to do some acting on SNL because I think Mark would be great. 
I, I agree. Like I don't that. think they ever, uh, when they were on it in the past, they didn't make any, they weren't on any sketches or anything yeah. from, that I, I recall. I feel like Mark would just excel so much if he was I on camera. I feel like they were only that. on there one time. Would it have been during the Enema yeah. era? Yeah. Yeah, they did uh, all the small things and What's My Age Again, I believe. Oh, okay. I don't, re- I don't remember that. I'll have to look that up. I have it on VHS tape somewhere if you want to see it. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll or look it up just, on YouTube. You know, YouTube, yeah. <laughs> right. Damn YouTube. What I record all that stuff for. Exactly. I didn't know you could just, you know, look it up. The the world Did we I, live in. I told you about the Dickless story, right? That I found. Yeah. 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 I think you even, I think we followed up on here too. Yeah, because I've been talking have... about it and then I found it. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I really have nothing else to, to live for. <laughs> I found you, Dickla. You found Dickla. And now you know uh, what music fans have the most sex in trucks. Yeah, the, pu- the last piece of the puzzle was Dickla. <laughs> so this is John's last last show, so we can we'll see you, buddy. It's been real. Yep. Just kick the <laughs> stool out and say goodbye. <laughs> Take the toaster into the bathtub, and you got to plug it in first. Oh, obviously. yeah. Just trying to help. help That's the way I want to go. <laughs> All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're really digging our show, please consider helping us spread the word and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and or on Spotify. A five-star review would be greatly appreciated. And please let us know what you're liking most about this show and also what you'd like to hear more of. So with that, thanks again. And remember, spread love. Peace. Bye.